You are listening to Tiny Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.com. This is The Sheer, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Of course, afterwards, it becomes a podcast where we talk about the topic, and you can listen to it on iTunes, on Google, on Spotify, Podbean, and the like. Of course, our sister app of Yidpod, we are powered as well by the platform, the wonderful platform of Jewish Podcast. Fm. I am a huge fan of JewishPodcast.fm. I wish you would join us on JewishPodcast.fm. Anybody can make a podcast. It is that simple. It is that easy. If you want to make a podcast, please message me and please email me, MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com or Tani at JewishPodcast.org. You can now email me at Tani at JewishPodcasts.org. We're happy to set you up. We're happy to get you a beginning I could also help you with a logo, with a flyer, and a tagline, and a description, and the like. Very happy to be affiliated with jewishpodcast.fm, otherwise known as .org, which is their main organization, but the website is jewishpodcast.fm. When it comes to the idea of podcasts, remember that you can have them broadcasted on all these different channels, all of my shiurim, some of which are on hiatus right now. Yeshiva Week, we're broadcasting from a different location, but still... It is wonderful to be live. The other Shiurim, Tani Talks, Pirkei Avos and Tani Talks OT are on hiatus. God willing, we'll come back in just a few weeks. Hopefully, we're on winter break. Winter hiatus, Tani Talks stuff. Now we do a couple of lessons in one message. A lot of times finishing off for the weekend and whatnot. Tani Talks Parsha is still around. Of course, Tani Talks Radio, which is live on Monday nights. And afterwards is a podcast on those forums. You can listen to us on Sheer Enjoyment Radio on the app, on the Google Play Store, the Apple iTunes Store, the iTunes App Store, Sheer Enjoyment Radio. The app is easy to download. Takes just 10 seconds. Baruch Hashem, the geniuses at Radio.co help me to create it, to design it. Very happy to have an app for our show. And hopefully you could listen to past episodes. You could also listen to us on the different forums. Again, this is Tani Talks Radio brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. You could also call us at 520-453-8302, 520-453-8302. I want to talk a little bit tonight about the idea of names. Tani Talks Radio, we try to talk around 45 minutes or so in a lecture-style kind of a radio talk show series. Different topics and ideas and different messages throughout the weeks on Monday nights, usually a different topic that speaks to me. And we've been rehashing old topics, not old topics, but topics that we've explored before and bringing them back to the fore, to the forefront, because they're so important and so powerful to think about. I happen to love my name, the name Tani, T-A-N-I. It's not a common name. It's not a usual name. There are Tanis out there, Baruch Hashem, but I actually love the name. My legal name is not Tani. It's a different name. I don't like to say it. I don't like to use it. But my Hebrew name, I'm a huge fan of also, Nasan Mordechai. We're going to talk about it a little bit. We re- we talked about this a few years ago on the Sheer, on the talk, and we were able to talk about it again, mention it again. I really want you to think about what is your name? What is the essence of your name? What is the essence of your mission? What is the essence of what you're supposed to do here in this life, what you're supposed to do here in this world? What are we supposed to do in this world? What are we supposed to accomplish in this world? What are we setting out to do? What are we setting out to bring to this world? Did you ever think about what your name is? Did you ever think about what your essence is? Did you ever think about what you're supposed to do? What what does your name actually symbolize? What does it really mean? Say your name out loud. The people 
the name people call you, Tani, 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 for example. If you say it a couple of times continuously, slowly, when you verbalize it for some repetitions, it might start to sound a little strange or a little bit foreign. I've tried it many times. Trust me, it sounds a little weird, but... Try the exercise with your real name, Nasan Mordechai, Nasan Mordechai, Nasan Mordechai, your Hebrew name. Does it sound any different? Think about it. Why does it sound any different? Why is there a difference to it? Why is there a reason for the fact that it doesn't sound the same, that it has a different component, that has a different effect on us? Because when we think about the names, we think about the purpose. The names, a Hebrew name, are given to us for a purpose and a reason. If we just say our name, especially our commonly used one or nickname repeatedly without thinking about it, it just becomes a word. It becomes meaningless. If we consider our essential name, our Hebrew name, we think about the roots, the insights, the deepness of our names. It can be very strong and very powerful. I really believe, I truly believe in the supreme power of names and their verses. Our names were divinely inspired for us by our parents. Excuse me, to choose for us, still getting off this lingering cough. When we think of our names or the names we thought of for our kids, each time for our different kids, Baruch Hashem, for the boy, boy, girl, girl, they should always be happy, healthy, and safe now, and always have some shanam. When we thought about their names, Hashem inspires us, inspired us to choose certain names. We get a small amount of Ruach HaKodesh, a divine inspiration. When we name our children, when we are given our names as babies, the names given to us that we carry with us can represent concepts, traits, ideals to utilize and bring with us wherever we go. Additionally, it can be that we are named for people and personalities and good traits. We can influence people from the verses for our names. With hidden messages of what we should be doing with our lives, there could be numerical value to our names with gematria of the names, of the power, of the essence to ourselves, the essence to our names, the essence to our being. Using the Hebrew letters and their letter amounts like Aleph is one, Bet is two, Tuf is 400. These can also indicate deep messages as well. When we think about names, we are looking at and exploring the Hebrew names we have and are given, which are the fundamental basis of our Judaism. I'm not talking about the English names or the English nicknames. Again, I love my nickname. It's the name I go by in life. I don't go by, you know, my, my legal name, which starts with an ST. I go by Tani. That's the name I'm known by. That's the name I love to go by. It is a nickname, though. If your nickname from a Hebrew name, it can also emulate out to Hebrew names. There are different fundamentals. We're in the Parsha now of Bo. We're coming to the Parsha of Bo here in 2023. In January, we're coming to the Parsha of Bo, and we talk about how the Jews were let out of Mitzrayim, were redeemed from Egypt. Why? Because of three things. One of the three things that they did, that they kept on to, the three fundamentals that they tried to maintain in the part of their life, one of them was their Jewish names. They kept their clothing, they kept their, their Hebrew speech, and they kept the Jewish names, I believe. This fundamentally kept them apart from the Egyptian neighbors, how they make sure how they made sure not to succumb to the 49th level of Tama, how they made sure not to be in that aspect of that 40 of 50th level they they were able to maintain that so you think about how they were kept apart by using their names and by using their selves in the aspect of their life in the ability of their life and in their own going about of things they were able to make sure 
that they were doing so. So when we think about that, that that's one of the things they had. They kept their names. Think about how a name like Dove, which means bear, having the strength of a bear, has vastly different connotations than Ramesses, which may or may not have had an essence or a meaning at all. And we think about the fact that we can look at personal examples. My Hebrew name, again, is Nasan Mordechai. There are names, there are significance, there are aspects. H.com points out there's a whole list of Jewish boy names and Jewish girl names in the H.com website, and they go through every single example, many, many, many names out there. They go through these examples. So H.com, Rabbi Shraga Simmons says about these two names, Nasan and Mordechai, just in a personal example, Nasan means he gave. Nasan appears in the Bible, and the Tanakh as a prophet, a Navi, a contemporary of King David. Nasan was the very, very famous prophet who gave David his Musser in the David and Bathsheba story, talking about the many lambs versus the one lamb, and, and David accepted the Musser. Nasan is also the prophet that comes at the end of the time of David's life when Adonijahu, his son, rebels against him. We know how that went with Avshalom did not go well. Adonijahu again rebels against David in the end of David's life, which also is very, very sad. But Nasan stands up with Bathsheba and they save the day. Nasan is a strong person, a great prophet, contemporary of King David. Mordechai, of course, comes Coming up in a couple of weeks, the very famous Mordechai, it means warrior. Mordechai appears in the Tanakh as a prophet and the husband of Queen Esther who saved the Jews in the Purim story from Haman's genocidal plot. Two very, very strong characters. Two very famous characters that I'm named not for, but I have the name, share the name with. These are people who stood up, people who had charisma, people who had personality, people who had leadership qualities. That means maybe Hashem wants me to lead somehow using my own names, my Hebrew names. Nasan was a prophet in David's time, spreading God's word through the Torah, was most famous explaining the parable from Shmuel, Bet, Pasuk Yud, Bet, of the sheep with the rich man with many sheep, versus which is the man with many wives, taking the lone sheep from the poor man, Uriah, as one wife, that being Bathsheba, as well as in Malachim Aleph Aleph, when he, together with Bathsheba, interestingly enough, saved the kingdom by informing David that his own son, Adonia, who was usurping the throne at the time that King David was old, cold, sick, and laying in his deathbed. Mordechai, of course, the famous personality from the Purim story of Megillus Esther. Mordechai spread God's word through talking about the Torah, was a leading figure in the society. And Anshay Knesset Hagadola, a great sage and authority figure who also included with Esther as a prophet, influencing those around him with the words of Torah, especially uniting everyone in Torah and Tevila, to repent and do mitzvahs when and, his, and the king threatened their very existence, as pointed out by Maimonides in his introduction. I'm talking about the Anshe Knesset Zagadola, such prophets as Chagai, Zachari, Malachi, Ezra, Daniel, Hanani, Mishal, Azariah, Nechemia, Chachalia, Mordechai, and Zerubbabel, and Sha'altiel. I believe when we think about these names, we think about these people, it keys me into the idea that I have to be a warrior for Hashem waging my own internal struggles, my own internal battles for whatever is difficult for me, and waging external battles in the in the corruption that is society, in the in the materialism and the gashmias of the wasting away of people in society, spreading messages through podcasting, literally podcasting, trying to share messages through all my shows, through all my shir and Baruch Hashem, we have five of them. And also waging our internal versus our external battles. If it means that I need to be a warrior, we have to stand up and fight 
against the Yetzirah as a soldier fighting for Torah values, spreading Torah ideals in the army of Hashem. Using audio shows and audio lectures, amongst the many other things I try to be involved in, like Fine Fievel and Jewish podcasts and many, many different things in Luach and Sparks, all these different things, we have to do what we can to work on being also a giving and a generous person. Nassan means he gave, which is something I have to work on. If you think about the name, the meaning of your Hebrew names, what is it Hashem expects of you? H.com with Rabbi Shraga Simmons has a detailed list of baby, boy, and girl names, with obviously becomes adult names, with explanations and definitions of the names. You could go for girls, you could go to H.com, slash, this is an old link, but with revamping the website, which they did a major revamping recently, made it very chic. You could look for the, the baby boy names and baby girl names from h.com with Rabbi Shraga Simmons. I do have a link. I'm not sure it works anymore. You could try it, h.com slash jl slash one slash b slash four eight nine six seven oh one six. And the other one is h.com slash j l slash one slash b slash four eight nine six six two six one dot html. Otherwise, just Google Literally Google baby girl names, baby boy names, h.com. You could find your own name from Rabbi Simmons, and they talk about that definition, the explanation, especially with figures from Tanakh, to talk about that have your name, that have your essence as well. See what your name means. My my names, every name also has different verses in Shemona Esri. So you look at your name, and in the end of Shemona Esri, it says people have a custom, many people have a custom to reading the psukim that relate to their name. So Nasan. I need to find a Pasuk that starts with a Nun and ends with a Nun. And Mordechai, I need to find a Pasuk that starts with a Mem and ends with a Yud. It's called the Verses for People's Names, Pesukim Lashmot Anashim. It's on page like 400 in the back of the regular art school sitter. When you go to Elek Kainatzor, in the end of your Shemona Esrei, in the end of the 18 prayer, the culmination, the climax of davening every day, some people recite verses pertaining to their names at this point. See page 400, it says in the article Sitter. So that's what I do, and a lot of people do that. So you go back to the end, and you see what the names are. So you go say it at the end of El Kainatzor, at the end of Shemona Esrei, and they say that you say these things, you say the psukim, you say the name. Why? Because you should know your names, you should know your essence, so that after 120 years, when Hashem talks to you and asks you, you know, did you try to have kids? Did you do business on his dealings honestly? Did you wait for Mashiach? Did you study Torah every day? Did you set time for Torah study? The very famous four questions. He's also going to ask you, what was your name? What's your name? If a person can't remember their name, they can't remember their essence, how sad, how tragic, and how disappointing is it to be before Hashem not even remembering your name, your essence, and your mission. So you say your psukim every day, remembering your names, and it remembers your mission, remembers your name, reminds you of your essence, and you bring it with you after 120 years to remember who you really are. So I try to say my, my pasuk every day. For Nasan, I find the pasuk in the end of the of the sitter. It's from Mishle, Perak Chaf Pasuk Chaf Zayin. Near Hashem Nishmasa Dam Chofes Kol Chad Revaten. The first letter Nun, the last letter Nun in the in the pasuk. Ner and Baten is the Nun Nun simulation assimilation. The life breath of man is the lamp of the Lord, revealing all his innermost parts. I find this pasuk a little harder to relate to for my life mission. I do know that it talks about the idea of being a lamppost for ourselves and a lamppost for the world, trying to be Kedusha Hashem. We have to be a Kedusha Hashem for the people in the world. Your whole life, your whole essence is the fact that we need to reveal everything and talk about things from our essence, from our inners to the world at large. The pasuk from Tehillim, Perik, 
Kof Yud Tet, Pasik Tzadi Zayin, is much easier to relate to for me. Ma'ahavti Torah Secha, Kol Hayom Hisi Chasi, is the Pasik that I say for Mordechai. Men, Yud Nasan is the Ner Hashem Pasik, and for Mordechai is the Ma'ahavti Pasik we just said from Tehillim. Oh, how I love your teaching, Torah. It is my study, my talk. All day long. Very easy for me to relate to that pasta because I do talk all the time, all day, trying to get people to be involved in podcasts myself. Podcasting, talking Torah on the audio shows. I could talk about anything, right? But we don't want to waste our breath. We don't want to waste our words. We're only given X number of words in this lifetime. We're only giving X number of hours of talk, of speech in this lifetime. You want to waste it on Narshkite, on garbage? I did that in college. I had a talk show about sociality and social things and dating and the like. That was a, that was a bust. That was crazy. So nowadays, I've got to do talk relating to Torah, relating to how we could help people, how we could help ourselves. Talking all day. I love Torah. We love Torah. We love Chesed. We love mitzvahs. What can we do with it? How can we talk about it all day? How can we relate to people? These psukim of my name tell me what to do for an aspect of my mission in my life, to pursue Torah as the essence of the candle of life, as well as to talk about it every day. We have to talk about it every day. For me, I try to do through my talk shows, through the for the Tani Talk Show, it's basically Tani Talks Radio tonight, where we talk a topic per session for the audience members to keep. Tani Talks Parsha, where we talk about the Parsha of the week, five to ten minutes, a quick lesson based on either a phrase or a pasuk, something in there, where we talk about Tani Talks Perke Elvis, a Mishnah, a day with sagely commentary and practical advice to say based on my favorite safer in all of time, Perke Elvis. And Tani Talks OT, Occupational Therapy, where I try to talk different topics, ideas, suggestions, or the like that help you or someone you know. And Tani Talks Daf, we try to talk a Daf lesson a day, whether it be in a couple of Dafim or whether it be that, that Daf of one Daf a day. It used to be always a Daf a day, but now, in the interest of time and, and falling behind, a lot of times I'll have weekend messages or end of Gemara, beginning of Gemara messages, but still we're talking a couple of minutes about the Daf. That's the idea of that show. We need to do these things because I need to follow what I believe is one of my missions. When we take a look at our names and our essence and our pasukim, it could be very guiding for our mission in life, especially if we use our talents and, and passions and abilities to do so. you got to look at those verses in the back of the art school sitter. You have to see what Hashem propels you to do. What are you supposed to do? What do they translate? What do they tell you? What are they teaching to guide you? What do the pasukim really mean? Think about about the meaning of your name. Think about the names, the gematria. Think about how it works. Think about what the definition or the translation of your own Hebrew name. What does it mean? Use the h.com site. What does it teach you about your essence, about your purpose? What can it clue you in to your mission in life? The name of a person indicates his or her essence, as the Shem Yishmuel points out in Mikates. The Medrash Telechuma points out in Hazino. you got to remember the days, remember your generation. A person should check the names to call a, a son or a child that's fitting to be a righteous name. The name could be causing good or bad, as you find by the Miraglim in Bamidbar, Shemua, son of Zakur, since he did not listen, Shemua, to the words of the Omnipresent, to Hashem. We think about the fact that Rashi says by Micha, anyone who says every day a Pasuk, starting and finishing with the same letters as his name, the Torah will save them from Gehenim. 
another reason that you should really say your Pesukim every day. I say, Ner Hashem Neshmas Adam Chofes Kol Chad Revatan Ma'a Hafti Torah Secha Kol Hayom Hisichas You gotta say my Pesukim every day. It could save a person from Gehenim. Be careful what you call your kids and what others will call you. The name is the essence. Give a good name, a powerful name that brings goodness to the world. Say those verses every day. Find to your name's character and mission. The mission in Perkeos teaches us from Yehuda said, be careful in study. This in error in study counts as deliberate sin. Rabbi Shimon says there are three crowns, the crown of Torah, crown of priesthood, the crown of royalty, but the crown of a good name supersedes everything. And the Mishnah from Bartanur points out, the crown of a good name really transcends all because everything really needs a good name. A Torah scholar, if he is ill repute, it's permitted to shame him. If he's a Kohen Gundel, but he doesn't have a good name, then we're not going to follow, we're not going to want to follow him. And if a person is a prince, is a king, but he doesn't have a good name, what does he do? What are the deeds really going to do for them? A good name is the best thing you can get for yourself in this world, even better than priesthood, even better than kingship. A good name, that's not something that you could inherit. That's not something that could come to you. You have to work at it. You have to make sure that you're involved in it. It takes a lot of work to get that. That good name is what stays with you. And that's all that's left after we leave. The Torah we learn, the mitzvahs we do, the chesed we do, the good name that hopefully we work on for ourselves. That's really what stays with us after 120 years. That's acquired through mitzvahs, Torah, and chesed. In Bereshis, you know, one of the first things Adam does is he goes out, he sees all the wild beasts, he sees all the birds, and they're brought to the man. Who brought them to the man? Hashem brought them to man, to Adam, to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that would be its name. The man gave names to all the cattle, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild beasts. But for Adam, there was no fitting helper. There was no Azer Konegdom. Adam saw each animal, saw each creature, but none of them really worked. None of them coincided. None of them really fit. The Svarno points out that the name of an animal even gives a clue to its function and God's scheme of things. The essence of each animal, Nefesh, would be revealed by its activity on earth. And in Bereshis, later on, a little bit later on, man says, once Isha, once Chava is made, this one as last is the bones of my flesh and the flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called a woman from man she was taken. That's why a man leaves his father and mother, clings to his wife. They become one flesh. When he met her, when Adam met her, what did he call her? He called her Chava, because she was Chaya, the mother of all living beings. She was the mother of all human beings. He really should have called her Chaya. The Orachim points out on Bereshis. Why did he call her Chava? Her name was to reflect two new developments. He could have called her Chaya. He should have called her Chaya, but really he called her Chava. Why? Her name was to reflect two new developments. She had listened to the urgings of the snake. Adam called her by the name of the snake, the word Chava being the same as Choya, the Aramaic, for a serpent. That's given to the Zahar. The second was that she was condemned to bear children in pain. Unfortunately, she alone deserved to be called mother of all human beings because it was only she who had to endure pain in connection with having those kids. The Torah didn't want to spell out the other reason. It was already alluded to over there. The Medrash Tanchum Abubar also points out in Bereshis, if the generations were worthy, <coughs> Hashem gave them their names just as he had given names to Adam and Chava. Then it's stated, he gave them the name Adam. You'll find that when Hashem sees a righteous one born, he gives them his name as a mark of honor, like Noah, he was called because of righteousness. 
The name is given to animals. The name is given to even plants. And the name is given to things all over the place have a purpose and a meaning. Each item, especially in Hebrew, beautiful names in Hebrew for many different things. You know, the the names and the letters can signify their essence and their and their being. Everything has a function. Everything really goes in line with its name. So it's proper and, and, and really good and fit to think about a name, to think about how we connect to the name, think about how we could be involved in the name and how the name really affects us and how the name really works for us and how it works for our life, how it works for ourselves. We need to be involved in that name and see how the name affects us and what we could be do with our life and with our name. Because names are very essential and very important. When we think about Noah, when we see his name, what is the name Noah? Where does that come from? Because Zeyenachamenu, in the Pasuk it says, Vayikra Shemo Noah, later on in, in Sefer Barashis. Lamar saying, Zeyenachamenu, Ma'asenu, Me'etzvon Yadena, Ba'ana Adava, Asher Arda Hashem, Asher Arara Hashem. How did they know that? That when, he, when they named him Noah, they said that this one will provide us relief from our work, from the toil of our hands, from the very soil which Hashem placed under the curse. Some people say that when Noah was born, his hands were not webbed, because people before him might have had webbed hands, so it was very difficult for them to clump the land and to gather the dirt, because the hands were already, you know, webbed together. But once the fingers have motion and you can move them back and forth, some people, some commentators say that he had not webbed. The fingers were able to move and not all connected, like even more so, like one unit. And this will provide some relief. And he also invented different things. The commentators point out now to make planting and harvesting easier. When we think about Barashas also, and Hashem tells what to, Avraham what to name his child. He's supposed to name him Yishmael, and he's supposed to name him Yitzchak. Hashem tells him what to call him. Isn't that interesting? Hashem tells him, you shall call him Yishmael, because Hashem has laid heed to your suffering. Paid heed and in Bracious also, Hashem tames, changes Avraham's name to become Avraham because he's now the father of a different nation, it's not just Avraham. Because the name, the change, really has an essence, has a really essential outlook. Barachos points out also, Gemara points it out in Barachos 13a. Changing Yaakov's name, the Gemara addresses the changing of the names of Avraham and Sarah. What's the meaning of changing Avraham's name to become Avraham? Goa explains initially he became a father and a prominent person only to Aram. So he was called the first name, father of Aram. Ultimately, with Hashem's blessing, he became the father of the entire world. So he was called Avraham, father of the masses, Avhamon Goyim, Avraham. And Barashas also points out in Parakid Zayim, changing the name Sarai to Sarah. Why? Because Sarai means my princess. Sarah means princess of the nation, right? Nation of rulers. So her name was changed, and she we blessed her so that she could have the child also because she knew Malcolm, she knew Mazel. They moved to Israel. They changed their names, and then Hashem allowed them to have the child. Hashem changed their Mazel, whatever that means. We don't really fully believe in that, but Hashem changed their aspect, their life stance, their life circumstance, and then they were able to have the child. Rashi points out, don't call her Sarai, call her Sarah. Sarai means my princess, a princess to me and not to others. But Sarah, in a more general sense, shall be her name. She'll be a princess over all, as Brachos from 13a points out. And she and, and Avram were going to have a name called a son named Yitzchak. Hashem told them they're going to have Yitzchak. He told them what to call them. In Megillah, also, why was she called 
Yisarawa was her name. She really was called Iska because she saw by means of divine inspiration what was going to happen. Because names really reflect an essence and really reflect a, an important point and really reflect the idea of what's involved. Avram gave a son at the name Isaac, like Hashem said, and involved in laughter, involving this laughter. Rashi talks about Yitzhak Li, means, will rejoice on my account. The Medrash talks about in voracious Rabbah, many barren women were remembered with her, many sick were healed that day, many prayers were answered when Yitzhak came. There was a lot of rejoicing in the world, because a name can evoke, evoke joy or happiness, not just for one person, but even for others. The good can come about because of the kid or because of what happens. You think about the names of the Shvatim, you think about them, even the idea of how Yehuda came about. Now, you know, now I can I can give Huda. We're called Yehudim because of Yehuda. Leo finally says, now I could give, you know, proper gratitude. I could give proper karsatov to Hashem. I thought I would only get three kids because four wives, three kids, twelve shvatim. Everybody knew about the prophecy. Apparently, now she had more than her share. Now she's now she's happy. You know, Bracious in late much later on, Vatahar Ovda Taylor Bena Tomra Pamode Yehuda. She then had a kid. This time I'll praise the Lord. Therefore she named him Yehuda. Why did she pray him now? Because she got more than her share. Our names as Jews are Yehudim with the root of Hod and thanks, not Reubenites, not Shemonites. Because as our essence, we're supposed to thank. As our foundation, we thank Hashem and those around us for things that happen in our life. You should use your name, Yehudi with the Hod, to be a thankful person always, thanking those around you, as well as thanking Hashem. Show the world you have Hod to be a thankful person. You think about God, and you think about Asher, what luck she named him God, what fortune she named him Asher. Different names have different aspects, even reflecting a small life situation that calls for the name. Yaakov's name, of course, has changed also. Much later on in Sefer Barathees, Israel, Yisrael shall be his name. He named him that. Rashi talks about you can't call him anymore Yaakov. Yaakov means a man who comes as a trickster, but Yisrael signifies a prince and a chief, someone who is direct and someone who is able to be involved and someone who is straight. Yashar Kel, Yisrael. When we realize our names can contain treasures of interpretations, we can feel pride and honor in our names. The Orchayim points out in Barathees the difference between when he named him Avraham and the difference when Yaakov was given a second name. He made the change different than when he did to Avraham. We have to remember the names describe the nature of its bare souls, their essence. The Talmud of Bracha 7 points out Yaakov's essence is describing the name Yaakov. Whenever he enjoyed a large measure of Holy Spirit, he was referred to as Yisrael. There's no reason why Yaakov should be deprived of his original name on an account of an infusion of Ruch HaKodesh. It was different in the case of Avraham, though. He retained all the letters of his original name, but it was expanded. You have to call him by the new expanded name, not by the original name. Because there's a different aspect to that. You think about Yosef was also given a different name when he was in Mitzrayim. The Rashbam points out in Bereshis that Tzafnas Panech was the name given to Yosef very sim simply because he was able to reveal the hidden. This is from the Egyptian language. as a practice to call a person when they appointed him over a household by an appropriate name. Moshe called Hoshea ben Nun Yehoshua when he became a servant. So this king called Daniel Belshazzar, and they called him Safnas Panech because he revealed who was hidden. Even Moshe, who we recently met in the Karm Parshios of the Parshios of Shavua, when he came out of the water, the name given to him was Moshe because Min Hamayim Mishisuhu. 
Vasya, Paro's daughter, took him out of the water and she called him Moshe. And that's the name that stick, which we talked about the other week on Tani Talks Parsha. Why is that the name that stick? He could have been called Tov because he was born. The commentators point out when he was born, he was good. The whole house lit up. It could be he was born circumcised with a bris milah. But the name Moshe goes by is not Tov or Tovio. It's called Moshe because of the remaining, the fact, the essence, the miracle that he was saved by Paro's own daughter from a teva and not killed. We talk about the names also. You think about Yehoshua. His name was changed from Hoshea ben Nun to Yehoshua. Moshe changed his name to Yehoshua. Why? Because Moshe knew there might have been bad counsel. There might have been bad spies. So Hashem and and Moshe changed his name from Hoshea to Yehoshua so that God may save. He prayed for him, basically giving him a compound of the name Ka and Hoshea. God may save. Yehoshua, may God save you from the evil counsel of the spies from Gemara Sota 34b. Hannah also in Shmuel Aleph and Tanakh, she named him Shmuel because she asked the law, the the Lord for him, and Hashem listened. Shema Kel. When we see names change, in effect, it can help the person for the better, bring more salvation. Like when adding names for Chol, we should never know from such things like Chaim. They they add their name oftentimes. The Gemara Sanhedrin talks about when when the name of Mashiach comes, we don't even know it, but they say that it's going to be a different name because of different aspects. And the, the we hope that Mashiach will come and he'll bring only good things. And we hope about good things. And we think about Shifra and Pua also. Their names are not explicitly told, but we know that it's Yochevin and we know that it's Miriam, Moshe's mom and sister. Why were they called Shifra and Pua? Because they would clean the newborn and they would talk to Pupu, talk to the newborn as well. They would prepare the newborn, Misha Parrot, and they would make comforting sounds, Poo Poo, to the child once it came. And that shows that their names were also involved in how they actually dealt with it. They see about the things that they are aspects to the names. You can even analyze names. You can see their their aspects. You can see how they would be. You could see what they were like. Names given to characters in Tanakh often were nicknames to showcase certain traits, whether bad or good. Even Esther in Megillah, you know, we're coming up to Purim in a couple of weeks. I've talked about that. If you're not nervous yet, you should get nervous because Purim is coming then. Pesach is coming, God willing. Why is Esther called Hadassah? What was her real name? It's taught in the Bryce. Rameir says Esther was her real name. Why was she called Hadassah? Because I count to the righteous who are called Myrtles Hadassim. That's why she was called Hadass as well. And the Gemara Megillah talks about when it, they, a person has a name and it says the father's name, it shows that he's a prophet, the son of a prophet, so the name also gets the father's name. And if it says his name in the city, that's where he comes from also. And you talk about the fact that each person has the name. And talk about the name. You could have children by teaching them Torah. You could think about names. And you could think about having spiritual children and biological children. Whether you be people that actually give birth to them. Or people that you give spiritual birth to them by teaching them. By giving them Torah. Your name should be one that is good. It should show that it's actions that are nice people with nice names and nice essences of their aspects and essence to their being. Your name should signify goodness in its interpretation and its access. You think about the fact in in, in when we talk about Rus, Megillus Rus at uh, Shavuos time, you think about the people that passed away, Nachlon and Kilion, Nachlon and Kilion, that might have been, not been their real names, but it could be that there were the names given to them because of their part, because of their aspects that they weren't involved in doing the mitzvahs the best way, that they, they, they were liable to receive 
punishment for sins against God. They were called that because they were not able to think about redemption. They despaired and they and they ran away. So they made their themselves go like Chulin to leave the Holy Land of Israel and to leave those behind, to leave the Jews behind that hope that they could have helped. You know, even Rus and Orpah had names because why were this? Why were they called a name? Because she was called Rus because David descended from her who satiated Hashem with songs and prayers. And you see the whole story is very very famous. There was almost someone that, that redeemed them, Plony Almoni, but then Boaz comes on and helps them. And and Rus says, don't call me Rus, call me Mara, because my life was very bitter. Just the fact is that throughout Tanakh, especially in stories and in the Megillahs, the names signify actions and circumstances more than just an interpretation. And even in Harais, they talk about the idea that that different names of different people had different essences as well. They could talk about Daniel was called Kilov. Why was he called? Because he he would embarrass others in matters of halacha, which is not a great thing, obviously. But different aspects of different examples of different people who have different things as well. And you think about how even saying something in someone's name, you know, a name is so important, but even saying something in someone's name is also very important. It could bring Gula to the world. How do we know this? Megillah says this in 15a, and Perkevus also says these things. Whoever reports a saying in the name of one who said it brings redemption to the world, Esther reported the king in the name of Mordechai, Esther 2.2, that brought redemption as Mordechai was later rewarded for saving the king's life, paving the way for the miraculous salvation in the Parm story. Perkevus teaches us in 6.6, Greater is learning Torah than priesthood and royalty. Royalty is given by 30 stages. Priesthood is given by 24. The Torah is by 48 things. And one who says the thing in the name who said it, you bring Ula to the world. Because Esther said things in the name of Mordechai's name from Esther 2.22. When we learn things in other people's names, mention their names, it brings redemption to the world. You think about even Naval, who almost destroyed David. His name shows that he wasn't really a great person. And all these examples that we have, and Hashem says, in the future, the righteous will be called by the name of the Holy One. Everything that's called in my name is called for my glory. causes glory. Learning Torah allows us to connect to Hashem, the greatest name of all. So think about the names and the essences of great sages that were given special titles like the Chosa of Lublin, the Seer, the Baal Shem Tov, the Carrier of a Good Name, the Vilna Go, and the Great One of Vilna. Especially as they learn Torah connected to Hashem and to his name and you think about the aspect of the things is that each even creatures and even animals have different names that means different thing a bee has a name and a weasel has a name the lion Arye, is the king of the beasts because the lion symbolizes a go-getter palaces on the opportunity to do a mitzvah like Arye is, is the name given to Yehuda Gur Aryeh Yehuda is a blessing to be a king. His strength will be firm. So the name of an animal also, when related to the use for human names, can indicate its harshness. Use names for good and not to do bad. You think about how you could use it. You should use it for only good things, to accomplish good things, and to and to be making a good essence to the name to the name of the world and to make a difference in the world. Even different things in the world, like the Umar of Tum, have names because it enlightened people to make things happen in the world and to make wonderful things happen in the world. When we're involved in these things, even inanimate objects and even things in the world, everything has a name and the name has a power. Your power, your name, you should be proud of the names that were given to us. I personally love my nickname. I love my Hebrew name. Don't change or secularize your name. Proudly use your Jewish name. Proudly use your Jewish nickname. Even in secular society, a lot of times when I work in different settings, I'm a DOE for the, I work for the DOE as an OT. 
oftentimes I'm not in a Jewish setting. I'm almost never in a Jewish setting. And they'll say, what's your name? And I'll say, Mr. Tani. Where does Tani come from? And Hebrew comes from Nathan. What does Nathan mean? It means to give. Wasn't Nathan famous? Yeah, Nathan was a famous prophet in the Bible. Oh, cool. Tell me a little about him. And there we go. We're able to have an effect. We could talk about these things. We could talk about different aspects, and we can remember to be nameless, even though we have great names and we should love our names. Remember, when doing chesed and things like that, we should be nameless and do what we can to make the world a better place. When we're thinking about different things, when we're when we're supposed to be involved in things, we should make sure to do what we can to make a difference in this world and to make our name really resonate in the world. We should use the name for good and not for bad. We should name their kids, our kids and use names for our kids representing good things and representing wonderful things in our life. Use your verses every day to fine-tune your name's character and fine-tune your essence in this world. Give yourself a good name. I think I always find it fascinating when you see these stories of people who are able to to work at these things and people who take their nicknames and take their names when they come to the Jewish religion, especially a ger. He's able to choose any name he wants, which is fascinating. You should choose a good name for yourself. And if you have a couple of names, which name do you relate to most? You know, a person could be Chaim Rafael and and Moshe. Which name do you relate to most? Which one? appeals to you most do you feel like a leader do you feel like someone who gives life to others do you feel like someone who heals others what does your name mean which essence do you go by do you do you apply to each name a little bit make sure to say those verses every day fine-tune your name's character and your mission a good name is the best thing you can get for yourself in this world even better than priesthood or kingship that's all that's left when we leave that's it is acquired through torah and chesed and through mitzvahs, the good name is the best thing you can get for yourself. The names given to all things have purpose and meaning, especially ourselves. We should think about what the function is, what the essence is, what the point is. A name can evoke joy or happiness or laughter, not just for one person, but really for many things. Good things can come about because of events and things related to the names as well. Use your name as a Jew, Yehudi, with hod to be thankful always for those around you. Show the world you have hod to be a thankful person. Remember that our names can contain treasures of interpretations have pride and honor in our names remember that names are given to characters in Tanakh that also had showcase different traits and remember that name changes and, and using our names really can make big, big differences you can have children by teaching them Torah raising other kids not even biologically the name you give to them and keep for yourself make sure that your name signifies goodness in its interpretation and in its actions remember that names really signify actions and circumstances more than just interpretation when we think about things and we learn Torah, we think about how we could connect to names. Make sure to be someone who is your name, not someone whose name is you. Be like the phrase, his name was Mordechai, and not Mordechai was his name. To do good and righteousness, to be a real ish, being a real man, doing good things. Be proud of the names that were given to us, that were given to you. I personally love my nickname, and I love my Hebrew name so much so that I made... You know, fill in bags and tall specs to make sure that my names are on a Nasa Mordechai, Nasa Mordechai, and Nasa Mordechai with my last name, Nasa Mordechai with my last name for the, for the Shabbos one. Don't change. Don't secularize your name. Proudly use your name, your Jewish name, your Jewish identity, even in a secular society. But when you're doing great things, make sure to remember how special it is to be anonymous, how wonderful it is to help others with chesed. Besides for giving someone a job, the highest charity is when it's anonymous both ways. And make sure that names can signify many different elements and 
many different traits. Use your name for good, not for bad. God forbid, and use people's proper names and not names that they don't like. You think about the essence. You think about your name. Say it out loud a couple of times and think about what its essence means to you, what its power means to you. Think about what really can can affect it. Have you ever really thought about what your name is? Have you ever really essentialize what your name is have you ever really thought about what it symbolizes what it means is there a definition to it you could say it out loud verbalizing it exercising your name remember it comes for a purpose and a reason there's supreme power to it there's supreme hidden messages to it you could look about the name you could look at your nickname and you could look at the hero name and you could find the definition again, h.com with Rabbi Shraga Simmons. You could Google, type into the search bar, bo- baby boy names H, baby girl names H. You'll find that wonderful article by Rabbi Shraga Simmons. It goes through so many, so many names. It gives the translation of the name and it gives the example of, of the trait that it encompasses and the person or the personality that we'll see in Tanakh that has it. Remember at the end of the Shemona Esrei, it says some people recite verses that pertain to their name. So important to say those verses. It gives your essence. It gives your name, it gives your ability, and it gives your identity after 120 years that you could stand tall to Hashem and say, I know my name, I remember my name, I know what my purpose is. And those verses really give an inclination a lot of times to people. Someone who has the name done can think how they might judge themselves a little too harshly or or the female version to that. And someone who has the name such as Moshe can think about how he was taken from a situation, taken from a certain place, or Avraham. Is he able to help the nations, the masses? Is he able to find out what to do? Think about your names. Think about your essence. Think about the psukim that can relate to your name. Think about the idea how you could be a warrior for Hashem with whatever you can do to signify your names and its essence, your power, your name, your ability to make a huge difference in this world, to make a, a wonderful aspect, to change the world for the better every day starting with your name, starting with your essence, starting with your ability to make good things happen each and every day through wonderful, wonderful so many different ways. This has been Tani Talks Radio here on Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. God willing, join us next time here on Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co.